Hello and welcome to the Stud Shown podcast, the only podcast that goes into every argument with the studs up. I'm Billy Gaddy and I'm joined with today a good friend, Cal Smith. Cal, how are you? I'm not bad, Billy. What about yourself? I am doing grand. So I'll run you through what you'll set to experience on this episode of the Stud Shown podcast. We'll be talking about football. We'll return to a fan favourite segment of the alternative universe. Some funny stories. The Mike Tyson fight with Jake and Jake Paul. And also, when is it too early to put your Christmas lights up? Sounds like an episode of Alice Women, but I assure you it is not. And right at the end, we've got a wee interview with football coach Jim Simonetti. So it's a good show lined up for you, and I hope you enjoy listening. So, Cal, you've been watching the football recently. <laughs> I have been, I have been. <sighs> What's your thoughts then? There's a big controversy surrounding Celtic Park at the moment. I don't know what I don't know what to say. It's not already been said about it. You know, I can understand why Celtic fans are as annoyed as they are, of course. Like this is just it's you feel like it's coming out of nowhere, but it's not really. You kind of saw this like I think this slump, there were signs of it coming for a long time. Just pretty much the whole time Lennon's been there. You know, there's been, there has been some poor results, but just the total capitulation last season from Rangers, just, it kind of, I'm not sure, I feel like when you look back at last season, mostly Celtic were good, but I do think there was signs that maybe they weren't quite as good as some thought. And I think the, the real sign was maybe in that League Cup final. Mm, yeah, exactly. I mean, even if you go even if you go as far back to the Hearts Cup final, the Scottish Cup final in 2019, like, it was a poor, poor performance, but it was just, I thought they got really lucky. It was a pretty poor Hearts team that, you know, the next season get relegated. Like, if that had been, say... I mean, Aberdeen, someone like that, even though Aberdeen weren't that good that season, I think, or, or Kelly, for example, Steve Clark's Kelly, I think, to be honest, I think Celtic wouldn't have won that. But yeah, it's just, you could see it coming, in my opinion, this whole thing. And, you know, you see the fans outside, you know, guys throwing, you know that full of the guy throwing the, like, the big barrier fence thing? Uh, it wasn't a barrier, it was the a shock. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... That big sequel to Jaws, that should have been one that probably would have been justified. <laughs> <laughs> probably would have been better than most of them anyway. I mean, just as shite as they've been, I do think some of the scenes outside Celtic Park were a bit far. You know, you saw it after a St. Johnston game, there's guys like chasing the team bus away. Like, what? what's that going to do? Like, pro- you can protest, aye, for sure. Like, you see what the Green Brigade have been, the Green Brigade, sorry. I'll tell you what they were doing, Kyle, when they're chasing that bus. What? They were showing you that they were fitter than that select team. That's what they were doing. <laughs> I mean, who, who in particular has not been looking fit then? Full team. Could you... Full team? Yeah, I would probably say, with the exception of somebody like Black Salt. Mm-hmm. Has anybody really shown that they've been fit? Because if you look at the Celtic of last season, I think there was still... There was still signs of that... Brendan Rodgers' side in Celtic last season that like getting late goals mm-hmm. that's not been happening this time 
Celtic were pulling off late results. Said you know, the two against Lazio, you know, and countless others. And then this season, it just seems like they're an unfit team, and they can't get that because they're unfit. They can't get that result late on. You know, at the start, I remember. I can't remember who it was against, but there was a few games where they weren't playing great, but they were still getting results. And at that point, I thought, you know, I still, I think, I, I think I fancy them for the title. Like really early on, just just with the way they were playing, because this was when I can't remember when Rangers drew with Hibs, but it was after that I was thinking this is going to be really tight the whole season. But I think Celtic just get it. But it was what the real big sign for me was when when Duffy's performances started to just decline. That was when I just thought, right, this Celtic team, there's just no confidence there. They're just, but it's not a Celtic team. It's not, I mean, well, not one that I'm used to. You know, it's it's not quite been as bad as the 4-0 loss to St Mirren with Tony Mowbray, but I mean, it's start, it not, starting to get there, to be honest. I would take a 4-0 loss at away St Mirren. Would you? <laughs> the current form. I mean, no one has got a worse record right now than what Tony Mowbray did before he was sacked. In all fairness, though, I mean... I suppose Lennon's had a tough European group when you look at it, but I mean, he still thinks Celtic should qualify out of that. But if, yeah, I suppose, yeah, because I mean, if you if you compare it to last season's group, it's quite similar mm-hmm. in terms of the teams that they're playing. And mm-hmm. to finish top with one game remaining last last time out, and have virtually the same team minus two players, and only at one point out of those five games, you're thinking. Come on, something's not right here. You wonder what they were doing in pre-season because it's just it's uh, you, you've just never seen anything like it. It's just come. It, it does kind of feel like it's come out of nowhere. As as I said, you know, you kind of see it coming, but at the same time, you didn't think it would get this bad. Like it reminds me of it, it's like the Rangers banter years, like the season they finished third in the championship when. It got to a point where whenever there was a team like Rafe Rovers going to Ibrox, you were like, they could get a result today. You thought it for every team. You're, you're thinking that now with Celtic, and that's something I've I've never seen. I mean, because I only really got into football sort of around late 2009. You so picked I mean, <laughs> <laughs> What could I do? It was my dad's team. But, um, <laughs> but I mean... He, I think when Lennon eventually goes, any open goal interview with any of these players is going to be just really interesting because I really want to hear what is going on behind the scenes because mm. it's just it just really confuses you. I've said for years that Netflix have missed a trick not doing an Avengers documentary series. I know I think they've missed a trick not doing a Celtic one <laughs> this season. That's how Whoa. bad it's become. That Rangers documentary, he did it from, say, 2012 to 2015. Oh, that is just... Tasty. As, as long as it's like the Netflix ones and not the Hearts one. That is, yeah, the that Hearts one was, was really bad. See, that was just, like, so boring. Mm. It was like, you're just, going, you're just showing us, like, propaganda here for Hearts. But <laughs> it was all right. It was just... It's like, it, it, it's like the Amazon ones, they're no very good either because there's, there's nothing going on, really. I mean... The Amazon ones, I liked the Leeds one. Really? Saw, I quite liked it when you saw the stuff like Daniel James. Like you, 
you saw a lot more of that and I thought you would when it looked like he was signing. But yeah, just the hearts when it looked like. See, to be fair, it's probably, like, yeah. And to be fair, see, everybody probably just loves the sun. No one just gets utter chaos. Mm-hmm. It's like an absolute shambles. That's not the way it's run. So <laughs> it's just funny. But to be fair, if you went back in the background, you know, like Celtic Rangers, Rangers and not this season probably, but every other season you're just you'd probably have an absolute gold mine in your hands. Like some of the, some of the stuff that went on, it would it would have been unreal. But yeah, but aye, a Celtic one this season definitely would be really interesting because it's just I do really want to know what's going on because it's just. As I keep saying it, but I mean, it's just cut. It's just I, it, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, I think the fan absence of the fans. People have been saying it's had a big impact on Celtic, but it had an impact on every team. But mm-hmm. it's had a negative impact on Celtic, whereas I think it had a positive impact on Rangers mm-hmm. because I think Rangers play play with a system that they're confident in. But when fans get on their back a bit. They they lose it. They lose mm-hmm. they lose their confidence. Whereas Celtic don't really play their system, and they use the fans to motivate them a bit. Aye, because you know they, and there's not there isn't really any players in that Rangers team that were coming from you know smaller clubs. Like a lot of them, you know, guys like Connor Goldson. Like I know Brighton aren't big, but they were, they play play in front of a lot of fans. You know, it's not it's not exact. It's not as if there's guys there who aren't used to that. You know massive stadium and all the fans in your back when like just the, that level of noise but no I do I do think there has been a positive impact without fans on Rangers you know of course they'd rather have them there but I mean it's, it's obviously that's not the only thing that's led to Rangers doing this no. well no. of course you know it's not not quite as simple as that but I do think it's maybe it's a factor I think it is a small factor for sure but I mean Ends of the day, you look at the last three seasons, including this one, since Gerard came in, you know, there's been while he's not won any trophies, so you can argue they haven't improved, you know, season after season they have been improving. Yeah. And I do think this I do think a season like this was coming with Gerard See, since he came Rangers in. Well looking when Celtic brought in Winnie Dyla, they had a project in mind. When Rangers brought in Pedro Cachinha, they had the same thing in mind. And when they brought in Gerard, it's been the same thing again. It's a project. It's not an instant success. Whereas when Celtic brought in New Winning, that's what they were looking for. Mm-hmm. There was no project in mind there. It was instant success they were looking for. Mm-hmm. Which impulsive. It was impulsive. I, I think it was an emotive decision. Mm-hmm. A, a decision made, made in the moment rather than... After that 2019 Cup final win, you watch you watch Lennon, look at his face. He knows he's getting the job. You can see how happy he is. Yeah, and then when I remember walking to the down to the Tron Gate for the celebrations afterwards, and you just seen people go Lennon. It was like Lennon's expression when find out Rangers got beat off Hamilton. That's what everybody's <laughs> expression was when Lennon got a job. I mean, I remember seeing a lot of the Celtic fans who I follow on Twitter, I remember just seeing them being like, please don't appoint Lennon. I remember a lot of them saying that, because, you know, we just come off the back of doing really poor at Hibs that season. And, you know, that was when a lot of Celtic fans were saying to Hibs fans, like, oh, you're never going to get a better manager than them. And uh, they kind of have one right now. But, any- but yeah. anyway... Well, I mean, Celtic have turned into Hibs. Started off true. well, and then I fell <clears> apart. But I, 
I understood why they gave him it till the end of the season. You know, he was the it was a short term fix, really. But giving him that, I mean, there was success last season. It did look like maybe he was the right appointment, but I, as you say, it was just it, you're right. It was just an instant thing. You know, there was yeah. no. I, Although it seems very a conventional appointment for Celtic, it's also a weird appointment with the way that he left originally. Mm-hmm. Like the big disagreement with the board and such. And that did look like he'd been forced out in a way, and it's just like this relationship's been repaired because Lennon has failed everywhere he's been since. And it's just like, well, I'm not going to get a better job than this at this moment mm-hmm. in time. And then the way as well, when Ronnie Dyla came in, he showed how unfit Lennon's team was. Oh, that, aye, that yeah. first season mm-hmm. with Ronnie Dyla, Celtic were absolutely pounding teams. And it was like a joy to watch when we absolutely demolished on United in the first game of the season. You're just, you're, they were absolutely wiping through teams because they were fitter. And then it's now into Lennon's second season and you can see how unfit the team are again. Because there was all this stuff when uh, when Dyla came in, he made the comments about the diet the players were on with Lennon. I can't, go, I can't quite remember what he said, but I think he banned a lot of the food. And I remember Lennon making comments about him saying, like, oh, this is really disrespectful to me that he's saying yeah. like the team... I didn't have the team fit enough, but I mean, that's there's evidence that you didn't. That's mm-hmm. that's two of evidence now that there's been. It's the same thing as well, but like Tyler, halfway through the first season, his team probably came more unfit than Lennon's. To be fair, <laughs> but you did yeah. see the change at the start of the season. I suppose it's not all about Celtic, <laughs> although it seems like it is at the moment. You've got to give credit to Rangers. I mean, mm-hmm, for and sure. might, they might. See if Rangers will to draw an English team in the next round of the Europa League. I would fancy Rangers, to be honest. I think it depends who... I mean, who who is that that they can get? It's Spurs, Man United. Man United. What, Spurs, uh, Leicester. Could get Spurs. Ooh, I'd fancy them against Leicester, actually, to be honest, I think. I mean, Leicester are sitting fourth right now, but they'll know exactly been brilliant this season. No, I just... I, quite like, I do quite like the team they've got, but I don't know. I can... I'm not, I'm not just basing it off, you know, it sounds like I'm just basing it off the kind of reputation of the clubs, but I mean, I don't know, just in my mind when I think about that, sounding more like I am, but just, wait, I don't know, I can just picture Rangers beating up that Leicester side. Spurs, I'm not sure. If it was Spurs last season, I think they might have done, but yeah, Mourinho's got them looking pretty good, to be honest. Yeah, they, do look, they do look a formidable force, to be fair. Mm-hmm. But my yeah. United... They're a bit shaky. They can have their good days, not bad days. You've seen mm. it against PSG and then you've seen it against Leipzig. Exactly. You know, they're a very hot and cold team. So I think... For if, sure. Especially, I think Rangers are just a solid team and I think probably they could beat Manchester United. Like, mm. I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say bit out of the realms of possibility. Andy Halliday made this point on open goal and keeping, keeping the ball on the ground. Like, as a Rangers fan, I mean, you don't... As much as a glamour tie against the likes of Man United is nice, there's no fans, so you, to be honest, you don't really want it. Just get top of the group and get the easiest game possible and just progress, I think. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> The thing is, as well, though, Celtic fans top of the group and get absolutely scudded after Copenhagen, so, you know. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, well, that, that was one of the signs, as I was talking about with Lennon, that it was coming, yeah. but yeah. So I think, I think since since that game, we've only won about half of our fixtures. Really? Yeah. 
See, with sure. the Copenhagen game was just an absolute joke, to be fair. Like, Simonovic messed up for that first goal and then it just collapsed. And then I thought, when the equalised with Edward, you're like, well, this is it. That's him coming back. No. Mm-hmm. That was just that. That was just uh, signs to come with a 3-1 defeat. Like, mm-hmm. pull it back and you're like, come on. And then just get scudded. Like, no. <laughs> I'm not you're sure doing... how well Rangers team would do in the Europa League, but I mean... If they get a decent draw, I can see them. I can see the quarters maybe. I, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to do a John Hartson with Beata when he was saying he was worth fifty million and kind of overestimate them a bit too much. I think they can definitely do better than the last sixteen, but I feel like the quarters. I don't want to get. I don't want to get too ahead of myself and be saying, "Oh, I like they're getting to the final." But I mean, I think quarters is progression, and I mean. It's not exactly a mean feat, is it? Getting to no. you know, it's not exactly a bad thing to get to the quarters of the Europa League. So I mean, I think if I was a Ranger, so fan, I, draw. I want them to do as well. I want them to do as well as they possibly can. But I think I'd be happy with the quarters. All that jazz. So Billy, are you going to be giving us your alternative universe? Oh, uh, you know you you've been waiting for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 right, okay. Well. And this week's alternative universe, we're going to be discussing what if Neil Lennon wasn't given the Celtic job the second time around. In a world where Scotland are Euro champions and the film Psycho stars a young Bilal Mashney, Neil Lennon was never reappointed as Celtic manager in 2019. <laughs> Nobody likes this voice. <laughs> you can see why. Oh. Well, here is what would have happened in this, the alternative universe. Neil Lennon was appointed Celtic manager in the showers by Peter Lawwell after defeating Hearts to secure the treble treble in 2019. But here, this didn't happen. Instead, Neil Lennon is made to fight in a Russell Crowe gladiator-type battle against all potential candidates to become Celtic manager. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is it a Royal Rumble? <laughs> nope. <laughs> it is called the Riordan Rumble. <laughs> and there are only 14 contestants to celebrate Derek Riordan's legendary shirt number. Before the match, it is announced that Derek Riordan is also the special guest referee. So Lennon enters first to the banger, something inside so strong, and eliminates Jose Mourinho and Rafa Benitez because they were never really candidates in the first place. Nah, nah. Definitely not. Then we have the usual entries to the Celtic manager contest, with David Moyes, Voykin and Martin O'Neill entering, all of which are eliminated by Neil Lennon. The Northern Irishman is a sole survivor. But then, Mark Henry's theme plays, somebody's <laughs> going to get their ass kicked, and Paul <laughs> the walks out. <laughs> what is this? Neil Lennon is thinking to himself, how the hell is he going to get Paul Tim over the top rope, Big Show style? <laughs> they have an intense stare-off as the former Lennon lackey is about to square off with a man himself. But before they could, he's attacked and eliminated by John Sutton. And- John Sutton? No, John, John Sutton. Sutton. No, no. <laughs> He's a, he's John a, Sutton. Not John Sutton. Attacked and eliminated by Chris Sutton and John Hartson. Right. 
as as Lennon stands gloating to the packed out paradise shouting, are you not entertained? The Celtic support responding with a resounding no. So the three amigos, Lennon sitting in Hartson, stand together in the ring, gloating. The next entrant, Tommy Sheridan. But instead of entering, he just stands at the tunnel showing it's a disgrace and a catastrophe that John Hartson and Chris Sutton are helping Neil Lennon. The next... <laughs> Where is this going, man? <laughs> the fans are wondering how the hell anyone's going to eliminate all three of them. But then the lights go out and the ring is surrounded by the whole of Celtic Twitter who attack all three men, eliminating Sutton and Hartson before they could eliminate Neil That's Lennon. Bad. Celtic Facebook come out and batter all the Celtic Twitter. And then leave Neil Lennon in the ring himself. So, Neil Lennon's, Neil Lennon's stunning there. The Lenninator. Two more people left. He's thinking, I've got this in the bag. But then, all of a sudden, here comes the money! Here it comes. Money talks. Here comes the money. Peter Lawwell comes out. <laughs> Attacking Neil Lennon from behind. Eliminating him. Peter Lawwell showing that he's the only man that runs Celtic, not the manager. <laughs> However, there's still one more contestant. Peter Lawwell's stunning there and he's like, who's it going to be? So do you know who it is, Cal? Do you know who the last entrant is in the Riot and Rumble? I mean, it's not gone the way I was thinking it would. So I was... I had someone in my mind who I may be going to say would get the job, but I, I can't see him coming out now. The last contestant is the man that stopped the 10 and he's going to bring the 10 back, Wim Janssen. Wim Janssen comes out oh and eliminates God. Peter Lawwell. He's standing there inside Parker's confetti running down from the, from the skies. He's just, he's just won with a Hulk Hogan pop and everything, you know. Wim Janssen. So he's standing there celebrating but Lawwell's in a tunnel being consolidated by Dermot Desmond. <laughs> As Big Wim celebrates his big win. <laughs> so, however, Lowell has a microphone in hand and he says oh, he, didn't, oh he didn't authorise it. He always wins and he's got a secret weapon because Wim is not best for business. Wim's stunned there. He's looking confused. Just behind Wim Janssen. You see Derek Riordan taking off his referee top to show that he's wearing a full suit with a Celtic tie. Derek Riordan attacks Wim Janssen, pinning him. He took he took he took that suit off like he was James Bond taking that scuba suit off to reveal a suit. So then Derek Riordan becomes the new Celtic manager as Jock Steen looks down in disappointment. <laughs> so how, how how would you rate that Cal how would you rate that in that alternative universe I mean what I thought that was going to be was Hearts beat Celtic and then the job goes to I don't know what who is the Salzburg guy Marco Rose, Marco Rose. I thought you were just going to say right Hearts beat Celtic Marco Rose or Steve Clark gets the job 10 in a row's done and then you'd maybe put in some players that get signed. I was not expecting that at all. 
What the... The Riot and Rumble is going to become a yearly event to, dis- to decide the new Celtic manager. I mean, it was better than what I thought you were going to do. I would give you that, to be fair, but <laughs> not what I was expecting. You know, so, Carl, what did you make of that then? Did you, did you enjoy that wee segment? I mean, as I said, it was not what I was expecting, but <laughs> it was something. I'll give you that. <laughs> Surprise me. Well, now we're going to move on to some wee funny stories that have happened to us. Get, let you get to know us a bit better. So, Cal, you already know that I'm a big fan of the wrestling. Yeah. As you can probably tell for that wee segment now. <laughs> um, so I've been to quite a lot of these wrestling events and that. And they're not always filled with the most normal people. Are they not? <laughs> <laughs> no. Probably why I go to them, but exactly. Bet me to it. <laughs> some weird things have happened to me, right? So right. the first ever event I went to, the boogie man was coming up, and this wee lassie beside me, pure rolling, <laughs> greeting, snorters going everywhere and everything, because the boogie man was coming up. We wee boogie man. There was boogies coming out her nose, I think that's because she's seen the boogie man. <laughs> and there was another time I went to a TNA show in a hydro right. and I went wearing a Magnus t-shirt. Magnus at the time was a, a bad guy. Right. And all these, all these wee boys up here moaning at me. <laughs> I was getting heat off the crowd for wearing a Magnus t-shirt. <laughs> what were they saying to you? They were just like, oh, why are you wearing him? He's shy. And I'm like, listen here, you wee dick. <laughs> I never said that, but that's what I thought to myself. See, that shows well. I slapped some more Joe's arse. <laughs> what? <laughs> I put my heart out to like, to like clap him, but I couldn't see because there's so many people. So I just went out and like moved it. And then like, I slapped his arse by accident. I was like, oh no. <laughs> did it look at did, did it give you a wee look? No, he was doing character. I just kept walking. He must have been thinking, what was that? <laughs> Some horny mama. <laughs> <in the crowd. laughs> there was also another time I went to Manchester to go and watch in Raw Manchester. Live. Oh, right, right. I was in the hotel before it. It was just across from Manchester Arena. And there was like lots of people staying there that were going to wrestle that night. And the night before, Seth Rollins had got injured in Dublin. Before they had to vacate his title. I remember sitting having something to eat in the uh, in the hotel. And this wee weird guy came up to me. Just be like, Did you see Seth Rollins got injured last night? <laughs> I was like, Aye. And he just sat beside me and my stepdad and my man talking to us about Seth Rollins getting injured, nearly greeting. <laughs> wait, wait, Did he just come out come up to you like out of nowhere? Aye, it's <laughs> the English guy. He's like, did you see Seth Rollins got injured last night? I was like, yeah, I did. I surprised him. They offer me like a loose Weathers original. <laughs> a week, I done that to meet Seth Park, the old guy. Wasn't even in a rapper or anything. He was wearing a zombie mask at the old fun game. Jesus they offered me a loose Weathers original. One of my dad's pals he goes to the Airdrie games with. He always gives you mints. 
Is that to freshen your breath up before you use your smooch? Read <laughs> 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 this for later, kill. <laughs> no. There's one time I started start a chatting at Shelly, and I, I went my dad. Oh. We just were talking to look at this point, and I was going, We shall not be moved. Oh, <laughs> no, really, my. We were sitting in the Oh, my life. Oh. I was like, Sit down. What, what year was that? Well, it must have been what was my theater. Oh, right. So you are young. Right, right, right. I was yeah. thinking. Maybe it was about eight or something. I was thinking this happened last year. I oh, was yeah. like, Billy, what are you doing, man? Right, if it was last year, right, right. Oh, no, if it wasn't last year, then right, that's acceptable then if you were a wee guy. Have Fair. you had anything similar to that happen to you at a football ground? I mean, I've never got up and tried to start a song. Can't say I've had the confidence to do that, but... Missed out. <laughs> I mean, obviously I support Airdrie, so I mean... You see and hear a lot of characters at these games, like the lot. You know, most teams in the lower leagues have got them. <laughs> so I can't remember what game this was because it was that long ago. It was about ten years ago now. But uh, I just remember. So I don't know if you've ever seen it in Twitter. It's always these like middle-aged women that do it, and they try. It. It's it's never funny. I don't I don't know where it came from, but it's really weird. Do you know when they kind of put. They put like two words together trying to be funny. So it's like a swear word and then another word and it's like an insult. So for example, they'll call Boris Johnson like a cock trumpet, something like that. Do you know what I mean? It's, just, <laughs> it's not funny. Like, you're laughing, but it's just... It's just not I laugh at how shite it is. Yeah, exactly. Like, do you know what I mean? It's that... I don't know where it's came from. It's really weird, but you always see these like centrists on Twitter saying it. So this is everything. <laughs> Puts his own spin on it. And I can assure you, he was not a middle aged woman. I mean, he was a middle aged guy, but he was certainly not a woman. You just anyway, assumed his gender, shocking behaviour. I mean, with the voice he had, I think I think we know. So I can't remember who the linesman was. I can't remember the name. I was a wee guy, so I wouldn't know. But he was bald. That's quite important. <laughs> he was terrible the whole game. I just hear this guy behind me just shouting, Linesman, you're a dome-headed fuck bitch. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. What, what is a dome-head? A dome? A dome-headed dome, dome fuck bitch. Oh. A dome-headed fuck bitch. Just one of the best things I've ever heard. I was about 10 and I was absolutely pissing myself laughing. Genuinely, just into. I think we were about two 0 down as well. <laughs> oh, makes it even better. I just didn't care. I mean, oh. when you're that age, the result doesn't really bother you that much because you get you get home, you just I don't know you go on your Xbox and you forget about it. But I mean, mm. oh my god, <laughs> oh, that, that's that's a bit well. <laughs> I remember <laughs> one time it was like I think we were drawn nil nil or something. We we're playing quite bad. And I just, and I pure shouted top of my lungs, what are you doing, Celtic? It's so static. And this guy said, we went, ooh, static. He <laughs> just started taking a oh, piss at me and everybody around me started laughing. I, I wouldn't <laughs> want to show my face again if that happened to me. 
<laughs> I meant to tell that story when I was on the local podcast. Get listening to them if you've not. Bye. No, I was one of the ones. Don't. Can I? <laughs> your, pal, your pals with them, Billy. Oh, yes, <laughs> best pals. You said on this but podcast, it's going to get like 10 views. I don't think anybody will know anyway. <laughs> but no, I mean, I don't know. That story might go viral. But no, I mean, you, you were a viral sensation, so you never know. But no. <laughs> For the right reasons. There's never left me that story. Just every every time I'm at the ground, I've not been in a wee while. It's just, I mean, obviously they shut down and just, I just prefer going to away games as well because I'm just every stadium. It's just it's just not a great place. It's just. What do you wear to these away games? Have you got your casual wear? gear on? My Stone Island jacket. Yeah, I just Burberry scarf and hat. To be to be fair, there was some games where I actually did kind of look like that because I had this. I I don't. <laughs> I'm not got it anymore. Not not a Burberry scarf. I had this big long jacket, big long parka outfit. I had that for a while. Oh, they just love Green Street. Did you ever kid on your wrist, Jude, and sneak into the away fans? <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I wouldn't even be that hard at some of these grounds, especially like Clifton Hill, Albion Rovers. I mean, see, I reckon if you just turned up in a high-vis jacket, they'd just think you're a steward. Like, right, that door and you get. Because, <laughs> I mean, the security there, it's not great. How do you know the security is not great? I mean, there's not a lot of them. <laughs> what, have you been doing at Albion Rovers, Grin? <laughs> no, it's not me. I mean, no, no, no one's no one's been pretending they're a steward. But I mean, every time we, I mean, they've, they've put up this big thing now to stop it happening. But pretty much every time we played them, they put they put loads of stewards at the bit behind the goals because every because Airdrie just seemed to love a late winner at Clifton Hill, and since they opened up that bit behind the goals, just guys just run onto the pitch every time, and there was no cover. So what was happening was just guys running on the pitch every time. So they've they've tried Shooting to like, put up they've tried to put up these big things like obstruction going on, but people still do it anyway. Because I mean, I mean, what sort of big things? Big guys. <laughs> I, don't describe, I don't know how you describe them. It's like big sort of because they had at first Mates. they tried just at first they tried like at first it was like they know the wee. Like advertising things they've got, but they're just dead Aye. easy just to knock over. So, I mean, a few guys run out of them, they're down, but they put up. It was a big, like, concrete thing they've got now. I don't know how, I don't know how to describe it, but <laughs> you know what I mean. A trench, not quite. If <laughs> <laughs> you even try to cross it, you get cut with barbed wire. <laughs> but fair, you wouldn't be surprised if there was barbed wire at Albion Rollers Ground. I'm trying, I don't, I can't remember what ground it is, but I've definitely seen barbed wire at some grounds before. Just, I don't, I don't really know why, because I mean, beauty the walls. <laughs> but, but it's as if they're like, oh, I don't want people like, climbing in. I mean, who's gonna think? I don't know they're steaming on a Saturday, just like, oh, I'm gonna climb into Stranraer's ground. Don't know if they get barbed wire, but yeah, you know we kick mean? about. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. See, be fair, but see, if you just went for a kick about in Stranraer's ground, they probably think you were a pro player. I mean, not in the last few years, but right now, probably they're in League Two. I mean, they were a decent team a few years ago in League One. They only won the title. <laughs> that's that's the making a decent team. You've got to be a decent player to be playing at that level. <laughs> do you? Ah, you do. I can name you multiple players that's played at that level and they're that good. Aye, but still, I mean, 
Probably as if it's not as if these guys are playing Sunday league, is it? I mean <laughs> they probably do. <laughs> I mean, might do with their pals, but I mean they're good players. Yeah, you, you, you have to be to be at that level. No chance could I get a game. See if there was any low league team who think who do you think you could get a game for? Uh I mean a few seasons ago, was it I think it was two seasons ago now. Albion Rovers, their team was majority just guys from like the lower the lower divisions in the juniors. So I mean, I, I reckon the guy like guys like from school who are pretty good probably could have got on the bench. To be honest, maybe even some, that. I know some that Albion Rovers. <laughs> no, no, I think they're doing better this season. But no, that season they stayed up because they eventually brought in a better manager and. Signed a few better players. I think so. I think someone came in with a wee bit more money, but I that season, I like I've heard the guys they had just looked like, as I mentioned, just Sunday league guys. But I mean, or maybe even that Falkirk team one with Denham end up on Love Island. That that Falkirk team. I mean, even failed in Love Island. when when's he gonna get a break? Two areas where he couldn't score. Couldn't score more on <laughs> Right, so we'll talk about combat sports a minute ago. So, did you watch that Mike Tyson fight? No, I didn't. I just... No, I wasn't... It was kind of like, for example, I remember when Chris Eubank was on a celebrity, he was talking about wanting to fight Nigel Benn again. I would watch that, because, yeah, it's two, two guys who are older, but, I mean, they had such a bitter rivalry in their prime. Anyway, it's yeah. fight number three. I think I would definitely watch that. I think he's well. Is it one apiece? Uh, Eubank won the first one. The second was a draw. Right. So Nigel Ben wants that win, even though it's been about 30 years. But I. He like, does seem like quite a bitter guy, though, as well, Nigel Ben. Mm, oh, for sure. But I, like, just. No, nah, I just didn't have any interest in it. Just for the sort of special rules as well, like, not proper judges. I think. Look, they were saying that, but I think the judges were. Were they not? I remember them saying like they weren't proper judges, but I'm sure last minute people just were saying, oh, no, these no. guys. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a boxer. <laughs> you fight like a boxer. You already made boxer. <laughs> but I just, I just wasn't interested. Like couldn't knock each other out, etc. And as well, just the whole thing just kind of it was as I was saying, just this big special attraction. You look at who was commentating. You had. Snoop Dogg with Mauro Ronaldo, which is just one of the weirdest commentary series I've ever seen. Mauro Ronaldo is actually a really good commentator, though. No, 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 he's not the weird one, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, I hope Snoop, Snoop Dogg comes at you now for that. <laughs> aye, he's a big listener of the Stud Showing podcast. He loves <laughs> yeah, but he likes Celic, man. Is he? He's a picture of him with a Celic tap on, so. <laughs> there was a photo with Tupac with a Celtic top so you never know there was a photo of Mike Tyson in England top as well though uh, Tupac didn't have the Mike Celtic Tyson's top there was a guy with a Celtic top I got that wrong aye we get him a Celtic top in the background what, what were your thoughts in Snoop Dogg's commentary he was saying like oh it's like my two uncles at the barbecue because I saw a lot of people because <laughs> I saw I saw a lot of people laughing but I saw a lot of people you know big like it was John it's quite Kavanaugh, disrespectful Conor, as well. <laughs> John Kavanaugh, Conor McGregor's trainer. I saw him on Twitter saying, like, right, why is he not taking this seriously? These are two former world champions. I think 
It's not a serious event. Aye, it Fuck, wasn't. Fucking see, Jake Paul was an undercard. Aye, exactly. It's gonna be a I'd say if you are gonna have Snoop Dogg there, have him doing the Jake Paul fight with Nate Robinson. But at the end of the day, uh, I know yeah, the Mike Tyson fight wasn't that serious. I still think like, still Mike Tyson. Yeah, you've got to take it somewhat seriously. You know, there's there's gonna be loads of young commentators out there who wouldn't have been wouldn't have been around well, wouldn't have been doing the job they're doing now when Tyson was in his prime. You know, that's like a dream commentate one of his yeah. fights I mean obviously Snoop Dogg commentated is going to get more eyes than I don't know some wee guy in the zone that wants to commentate a Mike Tyson fight for sure but end of the day I think you know, the Jake Paul Nate Robinson fight it was you know it was like what they used to have on MTV back in the day when they had like celebrity boxing so yeah that's what that fight was so yeah I think it was just only Jake Paul had experience <laughs> Nate Robinson was just there yeah. to be a victim mm-hmm. Ah, you saw Nate Robinson at the start as well. Just you could tell that he wasn't. I'm sure he. I'm sure he had decent trainers, but you can tell that like <laughs> what brand were they? Well, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you know what I mean. You can tell that he's. Yeah, he was wearing Reebok numbers. You'd have been raging. <laughs> I got his Pumas on, but no, you can tell that. You could tell that he just because apart there's talk that he didn't spar once in his training, and you're like. That, it's such a basic thing, but just the way he started, just straight away, just started going for him and just trying to like basically just sprinting at him. And you're like, oh, what is he doing? It was like it was like some of the fights in that KSI Joe Weller undercard because I remember some of them all just did that. It was like obviously, I mean, Jake Paul's clearly not terrible. He was better than those guys, but what, but what like um, Nate Robinson was doing was what really similar to what those guys were doing, just. Sprinting at them and just uh, it's an experience. Mm-hmm. You could, yeah, you could see the inexperience right away. The same thing as well. They're basically doing with Jake Paul. They're doing like mace celebrities that are actually like people that have got a name for themselves before they go into any combat sport. Like just mm-hmm. feeding them like wee shite cunts so they can battle them. And like mm-hmm. once they've got a wee bit of a record, they're like, oh, put me in something decent now to get battered. They don't know that like, guy at a job they show. I see see Tommy Fury from Love Island. See, I think it was the second guy he fought and lost over 100 fights. And he didn't even beat him that convincingly. Yeah, just like, right, why? It's so obvious what you're doing, but you're not even trying to hide it if you're giving him an opponent like that. Ah, but he'll make money, you know what I mean? So, Not true. I mean, the fight was like an undercard or something. So, I mean, ah, you'll, you'll get somewhat of a, somewhat of something out of it. You know, I mean, and you'll fighting. get all the fans for Ovalon or the wee lasses and they're like, oh, what's she talking about? Fury fight? <laughs> I such a dreamboat. Cut, cut to Molly May in the crowd. <laughs> ah, and then you've got all the wee lasses going, oh, I need to get my Molly May whatever shoes. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Well, she, I need uh, to go and buy my Molly May uh, lipstick for my face. Hey, just you stop now. Bye. <laughs> I don't know what she sells. <laughs> just right, back it in. Bye. That's I saw what she does. Mike Tyson's comments after as well, just saying like, oh yeah, these YouTube guys, they've like made boxing popular again. I just you know obviously people are gonna listen to what Mike I know I know Mike Tyson, it's not as if I'm not saying that he's some sort of genius, but because of the name what he says, it's going to get taken seriously. And I saw that comment, I'm like, you know, 
I can see why people would think that because you look at the numbers of people that would have been watching all these YouTube fights and you think, oh, I, these wee guys, they're watching boxing, but you know, they're, they're watching you know, KSI. They aren't watching like Billy Joe Saunders, for example. There's a big, big difference. He was on the undercard, but I, don't, I know. The same with me, like, I like boxing. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't go out my way to watch a boxing event. Mm-hmm. Unless like, I really cared about it. So like the, the main event, which I would watch, I wouldn't watch mm-hmm. Undercard. But I like I'd love to know what the numbers were for the undercard on the KSI Logan Paul fight. I know there's not really a way you could find out, but I'd love to know how many people were watching. For, for example, Billy Joe Saunders, who was on the undercard. And mm-hmm. you know, he was fighting on Friday. And it wasn't a big fight he was having. He was just fighting. So it was the, this guy, Martin Murray. So it wasn't a big fight, but, you know, it was on, it was just on Sky Sports. Like, it wasn't a pay-per-view event. Yeah. And, you know, the whole, I think the whole idea of having the KSI Logan Paul fight with that undercard was to get a lot of people more into, more into these guys. But I just, it, we guys don't care about Billy Joe Saunders. Like, they don't, you know, He's a good fighter, don't get me wrong. Like, I watched that. You know what we guys like, Kel, sorry. (laughs) I could see the wee glint in your eye as soon as I said that. As soon as I said that, I was like, he is saying that, isn't he? The wee guys don't like Billy Joe Saunders, they like me. You're jealous of Billy Joe Saunders. (laughs) I mean, what I'm saying is, the guy's a good fighter, but, um, but I don't think, I just don't think there's any... I don't even want to say it now, but I don't think any, <laughs> you know what I mean, any young people who watched the KSI Logan Paul fight are going to go out their way now to watch him. Do you think just... more people watch the KSI Joe Weller undercard than what they would have watched the... Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. It was the same with the, the first KSI Logan Paul fight, you know, the undercard was all YouTubers, like, Aye. both those events just felt huge, that was the thing, like, not... As I said, like, as you can probably tell, like, I'm a boxing fan. So when I saw, so obviously, I would, I would, I would have maybe watched some of the fights in the undercard for that case, the second case I Logan Paul fight. But no, even, even then, because we are of the age of like this whole YouTube stuff, like, we're of the age, we know who these guys are. Like, for example, Anison Gibb, Jay from TGF, like, when they fought, like, we see that as like, oh, like, I want to watch that. That's like a big deal. Because we are of that age, we're just going to be more interested in that, like naturally. But yeah, I think, you know, you look at the numbers and yeah, there's a lot of these people watching these YouTube fights, but I just, I don't think it is, I don't think it's what's making it more popular. I think what, I mean, what's made boxing more popular in the UK, I think, is uh, just the, the current heavyweight division. You know, you've got Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, Dillian White, Deontay Wilder. It's guys like that. Like These are the big, big names. And you know, heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The heavyweight division, whenever that's big, it will, it's always going to be massive. You know, for a white, for a long time, it wasn't big. You know what I mean? When Klitschko, yeah, when Klitschko, Aye, yeah, was Klitschko the, it was just so boring. Whereas exactly. now there's like, People there are putting on entertaining fights. Aye, once once Lennox Lewis went away, it was just a bit. There wasn't much there. But I mean, but yeah, you got Anthony Joshua fighting Friday against Kubrat Pulev. That's another another pretty big name. I mean, he's yeah. a lot a lot older, yeah. But 
I felt I don't. Because Josh is thirty-one, I think Pulev is thirty-nine or forty. So I mean, it's old. I mean, it's a lot older in sport. Don't get me wrong, but nine years, mm. eight nine years, it's a lot older in sport. But so yeah, actually, oh, take that point away. That's wrong. But you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, he's thirty-nine. Mm-hmm. By that, so I by like. That it's it's those guys that are making it more pop. It's those guys that have made it more popular because you know five years ago, it was the the UFC was the biggest thing in combat sports. You know you had Conor McGregor and Ronda Rousey at the top. You know when in in their heyday. I mean I suppose you could. Would you say McGregor's kind of died down a bit since the Mayweather fight? No, I'd. He's been a bit inactive, ah, so I'd probably say. And then also the fact that no, he doesn't seem, he doesn't seem unbeatable now. Mm. When, you, especially with the loss to Khabib, I think. And then, but he's got his fight coming up, and he's beat he beat uh, Cowboy, and mm. so I, I, I don't know how dedicated he is, but it seems like he still wants to keep going, and he still he still definitely pulls in numbers. But mm. then again. The UFC still do they are making new stars like this is like a mm. transition period kind of thing because like, not a rebuild but you know what I mean yeah you've got like people like if you think about the big names in UFC like at that time so you had like your Daniel Cormier's and your uh, John Jones and your mm. Anderson Silva was still kicking about and then obviously Conor McGregor Ronda Rousey but then no especially with Ronda Rousey like getting beat like Quickly, convincingly, multiple times Twice in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a row, and then Conor McGregor getting beat. It was they seem to lose that kind of thing, like the awe factor a wee bit. Mm-hmm. But then now like, you've got your Francis and Ganos and your Khabib's away now as well now. So you've got somebody else to, and then your Whitecalls and your, you know, what I mean, they've got they've they've got stars that aren't not quite transcended into that pop culture just yet like Khabib did because he bet Conor McGregor mm-hmm. no that fight was huge like I remember people like people who I'm friends with who just would not have any interest in boxing or UFC before that but then see that fight that was mad I mean yeah that was after the Mayweather fight so yeah he's yeah. Not, so yeah to say he's died down since that's probably wrong but no that fight was massive like I remember guys as I was saying who would never have talked about boxing or any sort of combat sport but they were saying they wanted to watch that just because of how heated it was so yeah like um, it's all it's always entertaining like Conor McGregor and I think mm. people that, especially with the cowboy one because there was a bit more there was more respect there because it didn't seem like he was as outlandish people mm. were like oh well okay like there wasn't as much hype for it in a way there was still no, like quite a lot but there wasn't as much as what there usually is because I, the trash just... talking wasn't as to the mm. extent it was, it usually is. Mm. Yeah, I, I I I never watched that one. I was just yeah, it was convincing. That's what <laughs> like, I just same with Cowboys to... come to the end of his career, you know. Ah, he's, like, he's pretty old. He's been about since donks, you know what I mean. So he's mm. like, but he is like a legend still at the same time, and he's a mm. brilliant fighter. But but yeah, McGregor, who's McGregor fighting again? Who's that? Who's the fight he's coming up for? It's the guy. I don't know how you pronounce it. Is it? Poirier, Dustin Poirier, is it? I don't know how you pronounce it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, something like that. I can't remember how you pronounce his surname. It's the second fight, isn't it? It's like they've already had one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
we, we, you... we, have, we haven't mentioned Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather, which I've just remembered. Oh, aye. <laughs> Sorry to cut hey, you what off. What is that all about? Just, ah, I can talk about that quickly. Just, how, how do we forget about that? Jesus Christ. But no, oh, that's just, massive. It's just going to be, I don't know why, I, mean, I don't know why it's happening for a start, but I mean, I think Logan Paul, Logan Paul's basically thought, no, basically thought, I'm not, you know, this guy, Floyd Mayweather, he's not going to knock me out. You know, Mayweather doesn't knock out people who are heavier than him. He's not going to knock me out. He might, he might get a TKO, maybe, but the, the chances are it's just going to be Mayweather just pretty much embarrasses him on points, and that's it. But yeah, I think I think Logan Paul knows he's got nothing to lose. He is going to make bags of money, or bags right. and bags and bags. And yeah, basically, you can just go in there, lose probably losing points. You'd think. I mean, mm-hmm. Mayweather's one in one hundred to win. And but then, then again. He, there's always a chance of somebody getting knocked out. True. And because he is a bigger guy, there's more of a chance. Aye, but Billy, you're a bigger guy than him. And if you get if you if you were to get trained, do you think you could knock him out? Logan Paul was a fucking division one wrestler, you know what I mean? I'm aye, but I re- a, aye, I'm just a tall cunt. Amateur wrestling, it's not boxing. I know, but he's still an athlete. Aye, but that was the argument everyone was using for Nate Robinson. Doesn't Nate matter was, if you're an athlete. He's a basketballer, though. That's no... That's no... An athlete. Aye, but Logan Paul's actually had a boxing match, too. Aye, with, aye, with a YouTuber. Still, he still had training. He also knows how to punch. By KSI was smaller than him. KSI beat him. KSI's bigger than Floyd Mayweather. Aye, but he's still smaller. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but... But nah, it's just... You know, I, 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 I just can't see it happening at all. That's the nah, thing. Kidding, I'm just saying like, there's happen. a possibility. I mean, maybe it will be a wee bit closer than people think. Maybe it might not be just, you know, it'll, it'll land like one or two. I mean, of course it will. Well, even land, if he lands a punch, then it's like, whoa. I like, it's just... Because McGregor didn't land very many, but when he did, you were like, whoa. I think it was that uppercut they kept showing the slow-mo replays of. That's the one I remember. I, like, Aye. People are saying, oh, oh, yeah, it'll be like a close fight. You know, Logan Paul's that much bigger. But I just, no. The whole thing, as we were saying, it's just this big attraction. It's an exhibition. And, I mean, nah. It's not happening. You know, there's, a, there's a reason why. I mean, Mayweather is seen as the best defensive boxer of all time, statistically. He is the best of all Not time. Not that guy that's like 50 pounds heavier than him, but... I, I mean... Like, how are they doing it? Is he still staying like that way, or is he having to cut? I'm guessing he'll probably... Surely he'll have to cut a little bit, but I mean, because it's an exhibition, that's why it's obviously allowed. I mean, if this is a... I don't know what is going on outside. <laughs> Sorry if you can hear that. Sorry about that. But, um, but no, just... He'll probably cut a bit, you think. I think at the moment, I mean, at the moment, he must be about 50 pounds heavier, you'd think, surely. Aye. Uh, that. Must It'll... be. He's going to have to cut. Well, I would, mm-hmm. I don't think Floyd Mayweather would have signed after it if he was going to like, fight a guy who's like, a foot bigger, <laughs> 50 pounds True. heavier. But then, to be fair, he did beat the big show. <laughs> True. <laughs> broke his nose. It was about four. Uh, true, actually. That was real. 
Mm-hmm. To be fair, but it was like a bare knuckle, wasn't it? And they just punched him straight in the face. <laughs> so like, you are going to probably going to break someone's nose more likely with that. Kind of ruined my link into the next segment, but we'll just sorry about <laughs> that. I just it came right into my head. I had to mention it. Right. So you got your Christmas stuff up. Usually we put it up around when December sort of gets into the double figures, so around like the twelfth. Around that time is when we usually do it. But sat that Saturday there we. Put everything up. We don't. Oh, it's dead Christmassy. All... <laughs> I'm in my bedroom, so obviously not. <laughs> but uh, usually we'll do. We we never do anything that big. Like we're not exactly like those people that put all the lights up outside. They have like I mean, if you're light up snowmen and all that. We don't. We don't do all that. We just do this. <laughs> just do the standard tree in the living room. Some wee lights, few wee decorations. That's it. That's all we you do. Know, see, since you don't have a job, you should like get your mom to hire you. As they light up snowman and just stand outside with a, with a carrot serpent to your face, the lights on you. Mm. I think that would be quite a good bit of money you could earn for that, especially since you live in a hotel. Oh, what are you on about? Yeah, this is like a hotel. However, you think that the Bates Motel. <laughs> I see skeleton skeletons in the cupboards. Open that uh, one up there. You dressed up as your ma. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the question was when's too early to put it up? Right. When's too early? I mean I've I've always just thought once once you get to December, I'm just like, right, on you go. So we've got an interview with Jim Simonetti, who's also on uh Celtic State of Mind podcast. You might have listened to that. Um, and he's going to be talking to us about the Jim Johnson Academy, Charitable Trust, and Kafkin Park. So if you want to listen to that, stick around. It'll be about 15 minutes long. And enjoy. Why was James McGrory signed here? James McGrory was signed here at Kafkin Park. What happened was uh, St Rocks played up here in the League Cup final. Okay. And Celtic uh, signed him on the park, uh, known as Kafkin Park, which is the, the second Hamden. Uh, so it was after his last game for St Rocks, and then ironically, he made his debut for Celtic against Atlantic. Is that right? I didn't uh, know. Yeah. So there's a story with James McGrory and in Cathkin Park, and obviously, as we know, James McGrory, he then brought Jimmy Johnston here, and other players uh, uh, that eventually went on to become the Lisbon Lions. But Jimmy, Jimmy played here. And he made uh, a wee pilgrimage back here with a guy called Ian Henderson uh, after he'd seen uh, uh, the professor uh, on what about the motor neuron uh, illness that he had. And he came and stood at the side of the park here and declared that this is where he first put on the hoops for Celtic. No, his first team um, he debut, but where he first put on the hoops to play, he played in the reserve game here. And then that was a fond memory for him. And he wanted this guy to know that. So ironically, later on, we become here. But I wasn't aware of that story until later mm-hmm. on, a uh, uh, few years after Jimmy had passed away. And when we were showing this park at first, we actually turned it down and says, we didn't want to come here. But then we found out that history. Mm-hmm. Then we found out about uh, James McGrory. Then we found out about Wally Mealy. Which is unbelievable. Uh, then we found Tom Mealy. Tom Mealy. 
Then we found out a fantastic story as well that the great John Thompson mm -hmm. played his last full game here at Carkin Park, out in that park where you played, Billy. So he played his last full game there uh, two days, three days uh, before he went over to, to Ibrox and unfortunately lost his life in that game. So there's a lot of history uh, involving Scottish football, world football, but there seems to be a lot of history around about this place regarding Celtic Football Club. Not taking anything away, mm -hmm. Gary, for no. Third Lanark. No. Or other teams that's played here. Queen's Park have played here. Obviously, this was their home park. Um, uh, internationals. Internationals. Cup finals. Uh, cup finals. All types of cup finals. Scottish Cup finals. League Cup finals. Glasgow Cup finals. It's historical. And it's a magical place. And it's great the uh, the kids of today get an opportunity to play in that park. It may be, uh, it may be the surrounding areas may be derelict, Billy. Uh, like the, you know, like the, the standing where the fans used to do long before you were born. People used to stand at the game, so they've introduced it to some new new stadiums at this particular time. But back in the day, uh, you know, the the old standing areas was fantastic, great atmosphere, great feelings. So some of it's still there today and people from various parts of the country come and visit here at Carkin Park. And a lot of them are surprised when Kenny invites them in and they see what's been done here for, for Jimmy Johnson and for the legacy of Jimmy Johnson. How important is the, that legacy of Carkin Park for the Jimmy Johnson Academy? The importance of the legacy of Carkin Park isn't just for Jimmy Johnson. If you look at it, the amount of teams that's came here and played over the last 10 years since we've got the park looking the way we wanted to get it and suitable to, to play on. What about the other thousands of kids and youth players that's came here to get the experience of playing at the second Hamden at Carkin Park? That's what's important about it. It's not just about Jimmy Johnston eh, youth players. It's about teams who come and visit and they play each other and they come in here and they will learn a wee bit about the history of the great, the greatest Celtic player ever, Jimmy Johnston. Then fantastic. If they take a wee bit of knowledge away from here and they go and it sticks in their mind, then fantastic. So it's not just important eh, for, for the legacy of Jimmy, sorry, for the teams of Jimmy Johnston. It's important for the legacy of Jimmy Johnson that other people understand the history surrounding this place where his home base is. Now, ironically, in Glasgow, this is regarded as Ward 7. Mm -hmm. How ironic is that? Mm. Number seven. Jimmy Johnston's Academy Charitable Trust is located in Ward 7 of Glasgow. And that was named that's just came to our attention recently as well. So, and you look at these wee things that all happen around about here. You look at the legacy that Jimmy Johnston has brought in the recent years. Freedom from torture. Working with UEFA hand in hand. Working with UEFA in a Go Football programme. Feeding the local kids in the summer. Marcus Rashford. Mm -hmm. He's into it in a big way now about feeding the kids. We done that two years ago. 
We wanted to see how did the local kids get fed in the summer holidays. So we done a project with UEFA and the uh, Scottish Football Partnership where we brought these kids together, 14 different nationalities, all get fed in this room by the help, by, all, by the help of Mrs. Johnson, Agnes Johnson. She was serving the food to the kids as well. It was magnificent. So the legacy isn't just about football. The legacy of Jimmy Johnson stretches out the world. We've dealt with Cambodia right from this very spot as well. We collected kit to go to Cambodia. We collected kit to go to, to Africa. There's many unsung things that we do. The dementia group that was held in here as well. We would like to get back up and going. Mental health programs. Keeping people fit. Kenny goes down to Ibrox and gets involved in the dementia program program there as well. And when you got all these old older gentlemen uh, together and you see them lighting up when they see uh, Jimmy Johnson, when they see Willie Henderson, they see Caesar, when they see him, when they see Billy, and they see John Gregg, and they see all the D Dennis Law, all the different players. It's magnificent how they all come, come to life. So I think Jimmy Johnson's name is now even maybe more important now than it was in the 60s and the 70s when he was playing because it's bringing back memories from this terrible, terrible uh, illness that's known as well as dementia. So there's a magnificent thing for Jimmy Johnson. I know you asked me about the legacy here, but it all comes together, Billy. It's all part of one and it's very important. And obviously you've part of that... Uh Freedom from Torture with the refugee project and stuff you've done. Can you speak a bit more about that? Yeah. Well, K Kenny is the guy who has been uh, uh, instrumental in, in working with the guys uh, at Tory Glen and here. Initially, uh, the, the guys came here and we had them all all working. So what? that's another initiative uh, and it's run by two clubs at the moment. The other club being Arsenal Football Club and Jimmy Johnson Charitable Trust. So that's the two clubs in the UK at the moment. It's these unfortunate uh, guys, uh, and there's women, but at the moment there's guys, it's just the guys where they have they have uh, overcome um, mental torture, they've become physical torture, all types of torture within their homes because of their beliefs or because they... they a, maybe what what religion they were or whatever. So there, here in the UK, in Scotland, we were asked to take that programme on and get them involved in football. And how could we, as Jimmy Johnson, bring a, together, a, a togetherness for everyone? Because again, you had different nationalities from Africa, from uh, Asia, you know, from the Middle East that maybe wouldn't have mixed. But once we got them here, the language of football came alive. It came alive, Gary. It gives, uh, them, it gives them a platform, it gives them a home. Right? Yeah. It gives them security. Ab absolutely. I mean, well, never had. It's never brilliant. Had. It, it, so, so that part, of, and then seeing Kenny working with them, uh, with the guys, and then taking them into, for guys that never really uh, were deeply involved in football, and then they go and enter a tournament. It was magnificent. 
it was brilliant. So we're looking to, to continue that again, but obviously he, he due to everything at the moment, that can't continue. But the great thing is UEFA are still supporting it, the UEFA Foundation, um, the SFA are supporting it, Scottish Police are supporting it, Bemis is supporting it. So these are various groups that we work with as well. That is just coming to light and getting publicised that we do do this work in the community. Uh, because people think uh, locally that we don't do anything in the community when really Jimmy Johnson has got a big input in the community here. Like a, a bit of Field of Dreams out there at times as well. You ever see that film? The Field of Dreams? No. Field of, great movie. Guys walking out the, out the kind of bushes and that. It's like, see right there? Think about it, Field of Dreams. You can Google these players you want. Two melees. Aye. You know what I mean? Two melees, battles. Harry Marshall. Jimmy Quinn, Patsy Gallagher, Jimmy Johnson, McGrory, Thompson. It's, it's like a few of the dreams. Isn't it? Few dreams. That's what it's like. These guys. This, obviously, he, obviously, Billy, Gary's come in today as a guest. Brilliant. And you're now involved in, in filming part mm -hmm. of history here as yeah. well. Brilliant. Did you Take think... Take it as well. Aye. Yeah, Jim, you've also got Benny Lynch. Correct. Boxer. Mm -hmm. That's one of these places, right? You've done a lot of kind of stadiums at the time. In mm. fact, my father actually the stadium before that. My dad actually saw him fighting at 10 year old, believe it or not. Is that right? Blantyre Greyhound Stadium. Brilliant. Uh, as well. And that was Benny, Benny Lynch was right there as well. Five five fights you had out there? Mm hmm. Five fights. I mean, it, it's, it's great, isn't it? Scott Scotland's greatest ever. So, before you came here the day, Gary, you had a wee bit of knowledge about the place. But did you think when you walked in here, you were going to find what you see? No, some of the, I mean, I've got loads of memorabilia, photographs through my own Facebook site as well. What's your and Facebook some, site? Uh, for the videos? Celtic Picks and Videos. Celtic Picks and Videos, okay. And there's 34,000 members of it, and some of the photographs I've seen, I've never saw them before. Mm -hmm. you know, Can I ask you, what do you, what do you think you, you well, the, the, letter, the letters, the letters uh, behind this year? There must be, what, at least half a dozen England, England national managers right to them. You know, politicians. Arsene Wenger. He's up there, aye. Sir Alex. You even got Lorraine Kelly. Well, aye, aye. Lorraine, if you're watching us from a GMTV. But she's a Dundee United supporter. Aye. There you go. Go bright. <laughs> and there's a lovely letter in here for the Rangers supporters as well. A guy called Jim Templeton. Uh, lo lovely words that Jim's put in there. You know, there's a, look there. There's Sunderland. There's Tony Blair. Tottenham Hotspur. Aston Villa. So on and so on and so on. Brilliant, but absolutely fabulous. But that, that one in there, that's a cracker as well. I think that looks like the Aber that's Aberdeen, Aberdeen game. Scottish Cup final, 70. Aye. You could sit here, a hey, bully, and look around and go, you know, there's different bits everywhere, and then you can go into other stuff. So, a personal, sorry, go on, Jim, a personal favourite I liked, and it's because I recognised the stadium where Jimmy was playing that. Now, a lot of people don't know that Jimmy actually played with this team. And it was actually, and I see a wee bit of a presentation out there as well, from Shelburne yes. in Ireland. Yes. And it's funny enough, that stadium that Jimmy played at wasn't actually Shelburne's stadium, it was a temporary ground. And it was actually Greyhound Track at Harold's Cross in Dublin. Was that right? Aye. <laughs> that is? Aye. It wasn't actually there. Shelburne's Park is obviously known as Tolka Park. Well, you know. But it was actually Harold's Cross, uh, and he's, I think it picks his also in there with his, I think that one with Dixie Dean's as well. Aye, Dixie's on it as well. Uh, so tell, tell me something, Gary. 
So before you came here, mm-hmm. obviously we quite a, a, a good bit of knowledge in the in the football. So do you do you get a good feeling when you come in? I can live in here. Mm-hmm. I can I can live in here. It's brilliant, isn't it? Oh. But how good is it to give kids the opportunity? Oh, I, mean, I know it's there as well. Sixty-four thousand kids. That's unbelievable. That's that's incredible. You know, try to give them a game, and as you see from the different backgrounds I've come from, you know, a lot of kids that have been through a lot of problems as well. Right. You're giving them a home here. Aye. You know. Absolutely. We've helped them. We've helped them a long way. Absolutely fabulous. I think thing. I think that should be nurtured. Could be more it's got to be, in fact, I think all your politicians and all your guys should be coming here saying, you know what, we should have more of these things. Aye. I mean, instead of trying to fight for things all the time, mm. they should be, you know, these things should be, I don't know, promoted. So, Carthen Park lives today through the name of Jimmy Johnson, mm-hmm. and uh, I, th- I think it's fantastic. I just think it's great. I love coming here. I love football. I love youth football. Uh, I just love Actually, I love all kinds of football. Well, I learned so it's something great, today as well, Jim. I yeah. learned, obviously, his nickname when he was at Blantyre Celtic was Stefano. Aye. I didn't know that. I didn't actually know that was his early nickname mm-hmm. as well. Obviously, because of the Stefano Aye. and that great Real Madrid team. Obviously, that's where your strips come from. That's right. That's it. As well. Aye, the all white. white. That painting you see up there in the, in the all white. That was, an, that was an artist that done that for us. He, 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 the artist has just captured his face, fantastic. And it's got a fun play. Obviously, that's not the original, but it's a copy. Uh, the, the original's kept in the same place. But. So, Cal, this has been a quite a good podcast. Thanks for joining me on the second episode of, of the Stud Show podcast. Guys, thank you for having me, Billy. <laughs> Big delay there. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> something, came, something came up on my phone and it was, I was like, just a message I got. I was <laughs> not popular. No, no, it's just knowing you get a message from someone who doesn't usually message you. It was one of those. So I was like, oh, right. Oof. It looked look, look quite a important. Senorita. Not quite, not quite. It just looked quite important. So that boring message was more important than a stud show podcast. No, it just, it just, it just came okay. up. Okay. Anyway, anyway, th- <laughs> thanks for having me. It's been a good time. I've really enjoyed it. <laughs> talked, for so, a, talked for a good while. Uh, true, true. I hope you've enjoyed listening to us talk for a good while. <laughs> so thanks for listening to the Sunshine Podcast. And as always, sayonara. <laughs>